Welcome to By the Sword, where we discuss the modern study of historical European martial arts, or HEMA, with instructors, experts and martial artists from all over the world. In today's episode, we meet Melissa Hainsworth of the Academy of Steel in the UK, She is a fencer, instructor and club founder. I talked to Melissa about sinister swordplay, sources and school management. This was recorded 7th July 2020 on Instagram Live. We'll we'll go through the usual traditional question. How is your lockdown? How's it been? So, it's it's been alright. It's... I've not, I've still been working, so I've not been furloughed. Um, So my schedule's not actually that different to what it was before. Still working nine to five, um, still socialize with the, with our students three nights a week. So um, we, um, we run a class uh, online on a Friday and then we have, um, we have a movie night every Wednesday where we all get together and watch a crap movie. (laughs) <laughs> some have been horrendous but the point is is you watch a movie and then talk about it and you know make fun of it so you don't want to watch a good movie no but you know there's only so much crap you can take um so I do that yeah I mean it's usually on weekends we tend to um my husband and I we tend to go explore a castle or go somewhere which obviously we can't do but I know my lockdown has been a lot better mm-hmm. than most just for the simple fact that we have, I've, I'm locked down with my best friend and husband, who also is a humorist, and we have an outside space. I'd, I call it garden. It's a parking space, which is roughly the size of a uh, fencing tournament arena. So oh, we can spar and we can train. Mm. So it's it's not bad, but I am looking forward to fighting someone other than him. <laughs> he is very... Uh, um inconsiderately tall I, I call Jordan yeah he's <laughs> he can literally stand like that and rest his chin on my head he's that <laughs> yeah. um yeah. I, I feel like the more we fight um the more I'm learning how to beat him and not get hit by him rather than things that are more widely applicable to anybody else yeah so I am but I know that's me being uh being picky about my spar. I know some people haven't even had a chance to spar anyone, so yeah. I'm sort of first world problems type of thing. Well, I, I mean, I had a 12 week break from sparring, um, mm. and like a lot of people, I was expecting it to be, I was expecting to be useless when I went back. And like I said to one of my students, it's like riding a bike. She's watching now, Alex, and she's like, I can't ride a bike. I was like, okay. It's like, uh, <laughs> it's a skill that you don't lose, you know, it's, it, it, you might, you know, you just do it and it, and it comes back to you straight away. It's not something that, you, that will, will go away. I mean, it might get a bit rusty. It's like, okay, language, you speak other languages. It's like a language. It will come back to you. Um, yeah. it, it's, you're not going to completely lose it. Um, so, uh, yeah, it, 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 I, I know everyone out there is probably, you know, depending on where they live and, and their sort of arrangements, uh, the biggest fear that we as, as humorists and sort of sword people 
uh, experienced at the start of lockdown is when mm -hmm. am I going to get to fence someone again? And being able to fence someone is a real, uh, on a regular basis, is a, is a real uh, luxury, as you say. Yeah. But then you've got the, what if I'm only learning how to fight this one person? It's like, uh, even within your own club, you find you're good mm -hmm. at fighting those people and then you fight people outside your club and it's like, oh, it's a whole new whole new challenge this um yeah. so your life hasn't changed all that much sounds like you've got quite a good uh yeah sort of social so social scene going on with your with your club members yeah no the social part is is very important as i mean as most people have said when they talked about their clubs the social part is a very big aspect of it mm. um we usually after um after training i know a lot of a lot of people go to a pub we go to um, not every, not every week, but on a, you know, semi-regular basis, we go to the Casper's, which is just ne uh, next door. It's, it's a American gelatory and dessert and waffles and pancakes Ooh, place. So lovely. it's, it's, you know, you basically put on all the calories and you've worked <laughs> off in the past yeah. couple of weeks, all in one go. But, um, it's great because we have a lot of fun and it's, 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 we socialize quite a lot. And uh, that's something that people have been missing. Um, I've been missing actually seeing people a lot, even though we do have the movie night and I do D&D with some of, uh, some of our students as well. And we have a chat that's, it's a group chat on Facebook with all of us on it. So, and yeah. so we're trying to keep the social aspect alive so that when this finally ends, because it hasn't ended for us in Wales yet, um, mm. we're still you know, more or less fully locked down. We can't start up classes. So mm. we, yeah, when it ends, it won't be so weird to come back to hanging out again because we'll be hanging out the entire time. And how did you two find it running online classes? Is that something you'd ever done before or was it only since the lockdown you'd had to start doing that? Well, we hadn't done it before. Um, mm. It's only a since lockdown thing. Uh, the first one was a bit weird, but we've kind of got we've got into the the run of it. Um, we we run them through Zoom, and um, we have one camera that's hooked up to the actual um, to the computer and this solid state of what's set in one place. Mm -hmm. And then I'll usually log in on my phone as well, so we'll have actually two cameras at two angles, so okay. one shows in one direction, and then. If it's we're talking about footwork, I'll use my mobile phone to just direct it to the footwork or zoom in on the hands or something like that. And it's, it seems to be working quite well. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, we get about eight to ten people joining every week, which is really good. Um, so it's good that a lot, a lot of them are keeping up their fitness and keeping up because we do circuits at the end of it. Yeah, because that's the thing that we're, we're afraid that a lot of our students will come back and want to swing a sword, but then have, you've got the mechanics there, but you don't have the strength to do it, or the mm. fitness to do it more than two seconds. So we're trying to maintain the stamina by doing circuits. So, yeah, they, they kill. <laughs> so, obviously, before lockdown, I don't know about you, but mo most um, HEMA classes seem to be constitute mostly paired drills so contact drills how mm. did you find it having to create mm. weekly lessons i think it's every friday you say you teach so yeah. weekly weekly classes with with just solo drills are you able to is that 
something that you found easy to sort of come up with material for to last for a whole lesson or was it a bit of a a struggle yeah I mean yeah well, I mean the lesson is not the same length we are our, our online classes are just an hour um well they were it's an hour of class the circuit is afterwards so the the right. actual <clears throat> the 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 part that we do the pro the actual lesson for um and some of it is footwork to make to keep the footwork and fitness up um but yeah so it is difficult to find um the longer we do it the harder it is to find things that you can do without a partner but yeah. one thing that we because because we teach um we uh, we teach long sword fury um italian style but when we started the um the classes in lockdown we thought okay well let's let's teach the the master cuts from uh the the german school so that the students know what they are and when when a work copter comes at you you know what it is and you know how to counter it um so we went through each of the each of the master cuts and the movements of it so they know what the movement is so that they can practice the movement and work it into cutting drills and things like that um mm -hmm. cutting drills is another thing that can be done without a um without a partner to drill with but it is good that i'm there to because i can at certain times i'll pick up the sword so you can see okay the reason why you do this and then you move it to the side to thrust is because you're displacing another mm. sword so and this is how it would look if you actually had another person so yeah. we're able to do the whole this is two people and this is why you do this movement so you haven't got a partner to drill against but you you are able we are able to show how to why you want to move your sword there or why you want to do this specifically rather than going like that because you can visualize what it's for so that's the benefit of having two of you there to teach yeah. the class rather than just one person saying copy me and also you can be the camera person and like as you say zoom in on the, the details and stuff so i think that makes a big yeah. difference uh, to uh, the quality of the online lesson. Um, so, how long has Academy still been in existence now? Um, we opened in uh, October 2018. So, okay. a year and a half now, I guess. Nearly two years, yeah. Yeah, coming up close to two years. Okay, and what's, how did you get, what's your HEMA backstory? How did you get into HEMA? All right. Um, well, I think, I mean, I mean, really, I got into actually using a sort of, as many uh, people have, um, as many of the people you've interviewed, through reenactment. Um, right. I was in uni and, um, and I went to a, a society's fair and there was a, a medieval reenactment society in the university and I saw this table full of swords and I thought, oh my God, it's, it's something that people actually do because I thought that swinging a sword was something that you didn't do outside of Hollywood. You know, <laughs> I, did, I thought that was something that I imagined wouldn't it be great, but I didn't actually yeah. think it was a reality until I saw it on the table. And <laughs> they said, me, so I uh, joined up. But it then transpired that um, you weren't actually, this particular group wouldn't actually let you use a sword unless you had full plate armor, which as a poor student, there was no chance of me getting. But I could do archery, so I got into archery a bit more and started doing that. Um, right. A few years later, um, a friend of a friend uh, came along to a show, um, Jordan, that's how we met, 
he, um, my husband, for anyone who doesn't know, uh, he was a dark age reenactor and he just came along to the show. And I saw him fence, uh, fighting, uh, doing a display with another dark age um, uh, reenactor, Kian. And he, and they were, they were fencing reenactment style, but they didn't have, because it was dark age, they didn't have all the chain mail and the armor. They were doing it lightly armored. I thought, oh my God, I can actually learn to do this. So, you know, I wanted him to teach me. So I uh, asked him to teach me and then we started to, I got into um, Dark Age Reenactment and then fast forward quite a few years and we're in, we've gone to Italy. Um, We're teaching English in Italy and we were quite isolated. Um, There weren't any reenactor groups nearby that we could, there was any chance of us getting to. Because we were our, because we were English teachers, our schedule was in the evenings. So our only availability was on weekends and we were in the middle of nowhere and it was quite difficult to get anywhere. So kind of couldn't do anything like that. But we found out about this event that was happening outside of Rome. I don't I can't even remember how we found out, but we went to it. It was a small HEMA event, um, retrospectively, because it was HEMA and reenactment at a castle outside of Rome and the workshops that were there were they were run on this um at a uh, in a courtyard of a castle and there was this wall about waist high and after it there was this drop and you could see like the valleys and the mountains and the Italian countryside behind it's absolutely amazing and there was a um one of the workshops was one by Guy Windsor amongst others who I can't remember anymore but because he was English speaking and everybody else is Italian and we'd only been in Italy for a few, for a few months. We spent a lot of time chatting to him and then got, you know, talking about human. And afterwards we, uh, when we came back to our town, we were did a bit more, we started looking into the sources and teaching ourselves because we had each other to train with and learn and going through the manuscripts. And eventually we found a local club, um, um, La Compagnia della Rosa Espada, who were in, a, in the area of southern Italy and they for, fortunately for us they happened to train on a Saturday in Naples which was the nearest city that we could get to I mean get to it we'd leave at 12 o'clock to get there for class at four wow and then get back home just before midnight every Saturday that's dedication yeah so that's I guess that's how I got into human and yeah Wow, so that's kind of like American journey times. <laughs> People are like, "Yeah, I travelled two mile, two hours each way." What are you talking about? It's no big deal. <laughs> well, bear in mind that forty minutes at the beginning of uh, an end of it were walking to the train station, and there were many times in the middle of the, you know, in the middle of winter when we're walking back from the train station around, you know, eleven p.m. in, and it's pissing it down with rain, and we've got. We didn't have a lot of kit, fortunately, at the time. We were like doing like armoured and borrowing kit. But when I think back at walking forty minutes in the rain late at night, and I think I'm so glad I didn't have a lot of kit. Imagine if I had to carry the swords and all the jacket and the mask and everything that long distance. I don't think I would have kept up with it quite well. No, I would have. But yeah, it, it would. You would. <laughs> but I'm glad I didn't have to. <laughs> well, it's a testament to how much you love you love it. So and you're still here yeah. so yeah um so you were in italy for how long four years 
Okay. And were you doing HEMA all that time? Yeah. With that group? Um, well, like I said, we weren't with them the, the entire time. Um, but yeah, we kind of the, we discovered HEMA close to the beginning of our time there. So. Okay, and then uh, you came back to. Okay, and so when, when, uh, when, at what point did you sort of decide we should have our own, we should do our own club in the UK? Well, we kind of came to the point where, though it wasn't, we weren't isolated the same way as everyone is now in lockdown. We were mm -hmm. feeling social isolation um, when after about four years because mm -hmm. we were in a small town, there were no other foreigners, well, other than our boss who was from Malta, but she was married to a local and had her own uh, thing going on. So it was just the two of us and it was fine for the first few years, but after a while we kind of felt that we were losing, losing touch with our friends in the UK. There's only so much people are willing to Skype when they're not actually obligated to log in, uh, to be locked in. So yeah. um, we kind of thought we need to get Back, we need to go home now um, and actually settle settle down and it was always it was always Jordan's dream to 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 run a fencing school and um, I I said we should do it because we can do it and it would you know the two of us can do it together and mm -hmm. yeah we decided we'd come back to the UK and come back to Cardiff which was um, sort of where we met, uh, where I went to university, is, he's from further up the valleys, but he pretty much considers Cardiff as partly his hometown. So um, we decided to come back here and open a school. Ooh. And how, right, my next question for you is going to be, what's your, I was going to say, what's your advice uh, for anyone else who's thinking about starting their own club? So I want to know what it was like to build a school up from scratch. How did that go? Well, my advice is that it is helpful if you're actually in the town you're planning to organise a summer school. <laughs> yeah, be living in the town where the thing's going to take place. <laughs> um, we obviously we were both we both knew Cardiff well because um, we'd lived there and um, we went to un here. We'd uh, we'd have gone to university here, but it had been um, you know. It's actually been about seven years since I lived in Cardiff and six years since Jordan lived in Cardiff by the time that we were, you know, uh, planning to open a school. So we were thinking of when thinking about venues, we're thinking, oh, we could use this place or we could use that place. And you'd Google it and, oh, that's not really what we remember it to be. Or, yeah. um, oh, that, that place is gone. Um, but we didn't know necessarily what else was available other than through Google. So it was not as easy as if when you're in the town and you're walking around and you see what's available mm -hmm. it's, it's easier if you live there basically um, it's better so that, to see it in in the flesh than uh, yeah. looking it up online uh, that was a challenge for us and obviously we couldn't go into places and ask um what does it cost to this that and the other we had to rely on email and not everybody um not everybody responds so that was a challenge um but at the same time in a digital age we actually Facebook is great. Um, we had a few friends in Cardiff who, when we like, when we started and we had tasting sessions to invite people to, um, we created an event. We created um, posters and people could share. And some we, because we had some quirky friends, they shared it with their quirky friends, and we had enough 
uh, quite a few people came to our first class and almost all of the people that signed up the first month are still with us. Wow. So our retention rate from the first um, from the first class is 100%, I'm pretty sure. Uh, they're still with us. Some of them, they still socialize with us, but they aren't able to, to, um, to, to still train. But mm-hmm. yeah, it's, we've been incredibly lucky with the students that we've had. Um, they're, they're great. But, and, and then when they expand, they tell their friends and more people have come. And a lot of people find out about us through social media um, and having a good website is great as well. Um, one, of our, uh, one of our students, Ben, he rebuilt the website don't use Wix. Don't oh, use Wix crap. Or the website. Yeah, awful, yeah. <laughs> we built our first one through them, but you can't, it, it, it's just, it's crap. So that's yeah. what I'd advise. Yeah, be in the town and don't use Wix. <laughs> yeah. So uh, what, what you're saying, something that you've said that, that still is still true, I, f- I find, is that word of mouth is still the best way to get people through the door. Yeah. Uh, I think because... I think because we don't have the enormous advertising budgets that other sports um, and activities have. So I think that's still yeah. why, why, I mean, social media is great and having a website is brilliant, mm. but what, uh, in terms of retention, I think word of mouth seems to be the, the stronger one because it's always friends of friends, isn't it? And, it, and that tends to, it's those social bonds that tend to sort of hold people together. Yeah. Um, so top tips are be in the town <laughs> that you be living in the town where you're gonna where you're gonna set up your school. Uh, yeah. Word of mouth. What was the third one? Have a good have a good website and don't use Wix. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Yeah. Pretty um, much. Those, those, those are, and and get great students. <laughs> so <laughs> that's not something you really have control over, but get great mm. students because then they'll bring more people along. Yeah. And they, they help you keep going and give you the energy to do so. So I, I guess what it is is empower your students so that they're like yeah. your cheerleaders and like they want to keep going and they want to bring more people in. They want to encourage their friends to go, that kind of thing. Um, there's another, well, my next question for you, we've got about five minutes and then I'm going to uh, ask the viewers, uh, people watching for, for their questions. So uh you chaps um and watching just throw some questions down for melissa and we'll, we'll go through them in a minute uh, my next question for you is uh, uh you're you're left-handed right, <laughs> right. yes <Yeah. laughs> uh, <laughs> and uh that throws a lot of people um left-handed people in fencing and martial arts tend to be like um the thing the one thing that all the right-handed people the majority of people are terrified of um lefties yeah those sneaky lefties uh yeah uh so how how have you found that being a left-handed person in uh in fencing i yeah i mean it's obviously i don't really know any different because yeah i mean i've always been left-handed it's not like i decided no i'll swap see what it's like um except with longsword um so with longsword i've um because I train mostly a uh, pure longsword, and a lot of the plays I found they they just they don't quite work if you swap grips unless you're fencing someone who's also swapped grip. So mm-hmm. I kind of decided I'm going to learn everything and get decent with right-handed grip, and then swap it out. So I've mm-hmm. recently been more swapping it out and um, 
taking lefty grip more with longsword. So, you know, my plan is I can do both. <laughs> um, but with single-handed swords, I do use left-handed, obviously. Mm -hmm. um, and there's certain things that are great um, because you're a left-hander. Sometimes there are certain plays that are, they work even better, but other times not so. One yeah. of my favorite sword and buckler plays is from uh, Le Kuchner, and it's supposed to be a buckler disarm. But if you're a left-handed person uh, fighting a righty, then it's not a buckler disarm, it's a sword, sword disarm. Yeah, because yeah. it's on that if side. If you do it right, you end up with two swords. <laughs> and if you screw it up and they disarm you as well, you've just swapped swords. Um, so it works really well if you're a lefty. Um, yeah. But... Yeah, so sometimes it really works to your favour, but other times you have to really try and figure out how does this work for a lefty? Because you're on the wrong side, and but I think lots of people think that lefties have this unnatural advantage because they're different and they do everything the other way round. But I think I my my opinion is uh, having fenced a lot of left-handed people in my club. I think that left-handed people have what a, uh, when you're first starting fencing you you feel like you've got the massive disadvantage mm. and i'm like you have and this is your superpower this will come back and it will haunt people and then you find that it's it's actually a real advantage you not not only that you're left-handed but also that you're living in a right-handed world mm. so you everyone else has to learn everything but, and you have to learn uh, how to do things right-handed as well which is some which is a privilege that right-handed people don't have so yeah. uh the only people who hate lefties more than right-handed people are other lefties <laughs> <laughs> because when they ha when they have to fence and they're like oh no this all well, my tricks don't work anymore kind of thing and it's uh, it's always amusing i find it yeah. amusing when you put two lefties together um so before I chuck, uh, throw the mic to the viewers, my last few questions for you are, uh, you just mentioned Le Kuchner and Sword and Buckler, but what is your favourite system, weapon, master, etc.? Do you have a fave? I do. My favourite system would, would be Fury. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, there's, there's, there's no question about it, really. I mean, uh, for sort obviously he doesn't do Sword and Buckler, but... He does do a full, it is a full system. Um, mm. Everything, you've got wrestling, you've got dagger, longsword, pole arms and stuff. It's a full system. And what's great about Fury is that things in Fury are ubiquitous to not just his weapons, but to any weapon, really. Because he'll, he'll show a particular um, arm lock in the... Um, in the wrestling that then's repeated in the dagger, it's repeated in the longsword, it's, you know, and then in each section, there's a part of it. And if you try and use it with another weapon, you can still use the same wrap, the same lock, with a different weapon that's not in the Fury system, because Fury is, it is a um, whole martial arts system. Yeah. And I, I just love that he fights dirty. I mean... <laughs> One of one of my favourite Fiore plays is in the pole arm section where he says, I have a pole axe and it's hollow and it's it's hollow and perforated and inside is caustic powder that will will blind your opponent. Oh and by the way, here's a recipe. <laughs> <laughs> 
I've not come across any other fencing master who fights as dirty as Fiore. <laughs> I've come across, uh, yeah, I've come across some sort of dirty t- uh, tricks in in, uh, in f- fencing treatises, like uh, Alfieri says, uh, if you're in a tavern and you're sat at a, like a bench seat and yeah. someone comes in, if you can imagine like in like the musketeer movies or something like that someone yeah. comes in and challenges you and and like you think it's going to kick off but you're stuck seated in a seated position and you can't really do anything uh he says you take your uh your, your rapier that's still in its scabbard and you mm. just bash it on the floor so that the tip of the sword comes through the shape of the scabbard so it just sticks right. out like that and then if the person comes to attack you you can just stick uh the point of your sword into their neck or face or whatever but that's 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 like desperation that's like you're, you're cornered you're trapped kind of thing and you yeah, can that's... kind of understand that whereas with fury it's like i've got this horrible like blinding <laughs> this... recipe yeah. <laughs> i'm just a bad person who's got all these awful things that i'm gonna do to you. Yeah. um but I have to say, like this, when I ask people this question, the most common answer, the most popular answer, is Fiore. And oh, I'm not surprised. He's awesome. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've not, I've not done a lot of Fiore, but it's been fun. And mm. the reason that people give is that it's just so rounded. Uh, but yeah. no one said because he's nasty. <laughs> because he's a he's a bad person. Um, no, I didn't say he's a bad no, person. Nasty. I just said he he's a nothing is off the table. Yeah, Nothing is off the table. He he's got you know he teaches you how to win the fight. Not you know not first blood or any anything you know just by any means you possible. Kill. Yeah, it teaches you how to kill. It's, it's tidy. It's, yeah, for him it's a killing art, and that's it. There's nothing. There's no in between. Um, so let's ask the folks at home what they have you got any questions for melissa everyone we've got quite a few people tuned in today uh let's see what they're saying (laughs) ben says many of us will collapse the first time we spot you might do ben I came close, but you know it, the, the will to fight once you start fighting again is surprisingly strong. Um, yeah, and the weather also really matters. I yeah, mean, like we tried we hot. tried fencing when it was super hot, and yeah, we we couldn't. It was just too much. Yeah, we, every, when I did like my first sparring session in the park a few weeks ago, everyone was just so keen to fight. It was like yes. Um, yeah, Kiki says advertising doesn't have the the same enthusiasm as someone talking about him. That's a really good point. So you know, yeah. stuff on social media is the same thing. But if it's like your mate telling you you have to try this thing, yeah, um, that makes a big difference. It's the human factor, isn't it? Um, yeah. Another lefty says Alex. That's one of my students. <laughs> Alex, she's lefty. Um, Devil-handed. <laughs> <laughs> definitely uh emmett says definitely throws you when one swaps hands in the middle of the exchange <laughs> literally, literally in some cases 
Also, if, you know, if one hand, arm gets a little tired, you're like, oh, you know, I'll switch to the other. Something I was going to say, actually, when we're talking about people being left or right-handed is uh, a lot of a really common, uh, but unsort of, like, not very commonly spoken about injury in HEMA is tennis elbow. So lots of people yeah. will, will, will damage this tendon here. Yeah. Uh, and it can, like, really do it can be really painful. It can just means you can't even hold a sword. So a lot of people do end up using their offhand yeah. just out of necessity. Um, so lots of people I know do use are, are fairly ambidextrous just because they had no other choice. Um, right. Question here from Joe Tom Thomas, who was my guest uh, last week. Um, do you find fighting? How do you find fighting another lefty? Do you get the chance very often? We have quite a few lefties in the academy. Um, one, uh, one of uh, one of uh, someone who I fought fence. Uh, one of our students, but he's also someone who uh, I started in reenactment with. Uh, Kia, he's also left-handed, and he's just as tall as Jordan. So another oh. super person, but he's a lefty. Um, so I. He's like Jordan, him. only worse. <laughs> <laughs> He's really inconsiderate. He's too tall and he's too left-handed. Uh, but he has come in. He has come in quite handy because um, at uh, Swords of Winter, hopefully, or maybe Swords of Spring, if he gets pushed, um, I'm yeah. planning to do a workshop on um, fighting taller opponents with sword and buckler. But after deciding that, I realised I'm left-handed, so I need to make sure that any things, any tips and stuff that I have to give people are things that can actually work righty v righty. Yeah. Or lefty v lefty so i'm using my tall you know i have tried to spar with uh kian who's well before lockdown obviously i was trying to do it quite frequently um yeah. with kian who's a lefty so that we i have the you know same hand set um tall person things so, but there are quite a few lefties in the academy so it's not actually it doesn't that weird for you as much as, as it throws up yeah I think other lefties, I think lefties can get quite thrown when they fence Jordan because he fences me and Kian, his best friend, and a bunch of other lefties quite frequently. So they go up against Jordan and think, ha-ha, righty doesn't know how to fence a lefty. And then he he knows all our tricks. So none knows of them work. It. He knows it all. Yeah. Um... Stefano says, Marco Eracchio from Rose Spada Naples says hi. <laughs> um, <laughs> McBain is pretty dirty, yeah. He's careful to phrase things as a ruffian would. Uh, um, ben Halbert, your favourite system is Fiore, which covers a multitude of weapons. What's your favourite weapon or weapon set? My favourite weapon would probably be the longbow. But obviously <laughs> that's... <in> Fury. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, that's not what we're talking about. Uh, but obviously, <laughs> if I had to pick a weapon to kill someone with, I'd use a longbow, because I can be safely here and they'll be far yes. away. Um, yes. <laughs> but if I have to pick a sword, uh, then it would be sword Sorry, you have to pick a sword. Sword yeah. and buckler. Sword and buckler. Arming sword and buckler, I think, more so. Um... I think it's because as a holdover frame reenactment where you don't really thrust because the swords have 
no flex in them and you're wearing well with the reenactment i was doing with limited um padding you you mm. don't thrust so mm-hmm. it's part not part of my body mechanics I'm, i've drilled it into myself so much not to thrust that i i'm trying to make myself thrust. <laughs> yeah i'm trying to do it more it is something i'm working on fran um oh, but it's not my natural it's not my natural inkling to thrust with a weapon so i tend to go more for cutty slashy and I find an arming sword is great for that and I like having the buckler there for the extra defense because I like defending. Uh, uh, sword and buckler, right. Yeah. Solid choice. Um, swords for nerds. Is that someone you know? Uh, on your Insta, it looks like you do a lot of group fighting. Is that a big part of your classes? Yes, actually. Um, we do a lot of unit combat. We do it every week. Um, so... We have two in, we have two classes in Cardiff and one in Caerphilly, which pre lockdown, obviously. And we don't have uh, we'd have unit combat once a week, either on the one of the uh, classes. And um, it's something that we've taken from re- a part that we love from reenactment, then uh, fighting as a unit, but bringing it into HEMA with the full kit and all target areas. But working as a team and working together to we play various games. And it's great fun. And towards the end of last year, I, we started once a month. I we'd bring in archers as well. So oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, by archers I mean me and one other person. But <laughs> <laughs> sounds really cool. Um, yeah. Have you two ever been to fight camp? Yes, uh, we went last year. Um, Jordan was teaching. Um, we we're supposed to go this year as well. Um, yeah, okay. but well, we'll go to the next one when it happens. Did, did you do the melee? Because that's the only event I've ever been to where they did have like a gr- yeah a un- we, unit combat. Yeah, there were three of us from the academy and we uh, of uh, Academy of Steel, and we joined up with the Academy of Historical Fencing, uh, um, who are in Newport and Bristol, and um, we teamed up and we came third. Because so. when I when I did those took part in the, those a couple of times, it's when I think it was the first couple of years when they'd introduced that, and mm. it was quite it was fun. But the thing I found was that HEMA people are used to the one on one. We're not used mm. to work. We're not used to working as a team, and everyone was trying lots of different sort of ways of doing it, like. Some people going like we're going to have a big plan, like you know, like a football team or something. This will be yeah. our formation, and and you will only do this, and you will only do that. And of course, it would all go out the window as soon as you, <laughs> as soon as you set foot on the field. Other people were like, we'll just do it. We'll just go in like as a whole gang and see what happens. Um, yeah. But it'll be in, yeah. I'm I'm interested to see how people would perform if they're routinely practicing as a unit like working as a team fighting yeah. in that way it'd be really interesting it, it is definitely a skill you need to learn um mm. I, just, I remember from i mean when you when you are uh doing it in reenactment or um or in unit combat you need to not focus on the person in front of you that's mm. the thing you need to that's what you actually have to turn turn off you're not focused on that person yes you don't want to get hit by them but the people yeah. you're trying to hit are the people either side of them right 
you're not going to hit the, the person in front of you. You're supposed to try and find the gap when you can hit the person who's looked the other way. Um, right. Everyone's trying to keep an eye on everyone. And some of the most frustrating kills I've had on me is when uh, when you get killed by a spear, which is three, um, three, four, <laughs> three five people, people down the line. And I'm like, I can't look at 10 people at the same time. It's impossible. <laughs> but it's definitely a skill that you need to learn. And it's it's great fun. It's just, it's great That's fun. interesting. It definitely, it definitely adds to the camaraderie of the, uh, of the academy. So question from Emmett of Ravenheart Forge. What differences do you find hardest to deal with when fencing someone who uses German longsword as opposed to Fiore? I'm not used to people's working at me. <laughs> I mean, I am aware of the uh, the Zwerkau. Um I you know I know the tech the the mechanics of it and um it is something that I have come across with uh, other not everyone might know not not know what Zwerkau is but it's a long sword movement where you go like this or like this isn't it yeah so it's the, with the full of edge and the true edge yeah it's the helicopter of doom coming towards you like that yeah so it's like um, a horizontal cut yeah just above the head and it's something that you know I have come across, but because in the academy people people don't use it because it's not in Fiore, um, mm. I'm not taken off. I'm not taken off guard. It's just that it's not something that my body mechanics are used to necessarily blocking against. Okay, so it's not something you come across that frequently. Uh, yeah. So it's sort of just sort of just out of your repertoire, kind of thing. A little bit, yeah. Who's working? Yeah. Stefano says, where do you find the power of will to put down the sword and study the sources? Asking for a friend. <laughs> That's a good question. <laughs> um, Jordan studies the sources a lot. Um, he spends a lot of time studying the sources and we kind of have this almost like a deal where he finds things that are good and he can compacts them for me and then I'll study them so then I can see as, I don't need to go back all of the nitty-gritty and yeah it's like the this bit is good <laughs> extracts which is great for me um because I'm I'm not as I'm more of a practical learner rather than a book learner um so we have it's, it's a good team we have so he he pre-choose the food as it were <laughs> he makes it palatable is what I'm trying to say yeah I I, I can't some, sometimes I'm, I read it and I try to study the, the Zettel um, and it does like I tried traits to, from the, the Lichtenhauer Zettel um, mm. and I read it about 10 times and I'm like this doesn't make any sense until I started going through it with Jordan and the two of us a lot of there was there was quite a few cafes in Italy when we first started where we'd sit at the cafe and we'd take up um, either a straw or like the knife that was there. And we were in the middle of studying, uh, looking at um, Fiore and trying to read through the Italian and trying to figure out, okay, so if I do this and we're there across the table and people were probably looking at us like strange, weird people. If there was no no utensils we could use, we'd just be using fingers and trying to be like, okay, so if I do that and then do this. And yeah having the other person to try and figure out the plays yeah <laughs> so yeah that must have been a having a too. person that's your answer stefano you need to find a person to yes. uh, to study 
with, uh, sorry, your friend, I should say, your friend needs to find a, a friend, maybe you, <laughs> Stefano, and they can study the sources with you. Uh, ben says, we have a statistically improbably number, I think it means a probably high number of lefties, they sometimes outnumber the righties, oh dear. I, I find that martial arts does attract a lot of left-handed people, actually. Um, and I think they did a study and they found that left-handed people, both in sport and in martial arts in general, tend to perform better. Mm. Um, I don't know why, but, but they do. We're more um, determined. Yeah, more determined. Yeah, they've, they've faced <laughs> more worse odds. Um, Pontifactus, how do you balance the teacher slash mentor friend equation too familiar versus too formal that's a really good question Ooh, how do you be a good teacher and a good friend with your students oh, that is a really good question I i'll give you my know. answer when you I mean, give them yours I... <laughs> <laughs> I mean oh you know we've we've tried to be professional but at the same time friendly um i mean with with most of our students we're quite honest and open um but yeah i mean i tend to be myself to be honest i tend to be myself and if if any time you do need to be a bit more a bit more stern or a bit more to the point um i tend to deal with a lot of uh with uh, the uh, the admin and finances uh, side of things so i'll be the person asking to for uh you know for people to pay for class and give me your like money <laughs> So normally, normally it's, it's, it comes out as a joke at the beginning of class when we when we have the announcements. Like, By the way, it's the beginning of the month, everyone. Um, and usually, I, I haven't had any problems so far. I haven't had to put down a stern teacherly thing. Um, it's not been a, an issue, but I've been myself, which I think mm. is has worked. I think. Um... For me, there's a couple of things that are important when it comes to drawing the line. Like, it's easy in class because I can just say, this is class time now. We are learning. Mm -hmm. So let's just get into the, you know, we can, if we want to chat, we're going to do that later. There is going to be a time for that. We're going to go to the pub and we can chat all we like and we can relax. Yeah. But when we're, in, when we're in class, we're going to focus on that and that's that. And everyone's on board with that. Um and another thing is to sort of like deal, I mean, imposter syndrome is a, is a thing that lots of instructors struggle with yeah. and uh, it that can affect you as well. And I think that can make people feel, well, I'm just their friend, you know, I'm just their mate uh, and I don't want to feel like I'm their boss or their teacher, that kind of thing, because I don't feel like yeah. I'm entitled to act in that way. Um, and what I'm trying to say is like, it's important to remember that I don't know about, I don't know what your sort of situation is, whether it's a business that you run or if you're, you're just doing it for love, but in the, like the case of my school and, and a lot of others is like, I don't take a salary for what I'm doing. Hmm. Everyone else who teaches in the school of the sword is, a, we're all volunteers. Every single one of us is a volunteer. Hmm. So it's like, I'm giving my time to the school, um, and we kind of expect everyone to pay like obviously we pay subs so that we can pay for the hall and the revenue uh, and the and the, all the overheads and everything but really you're paying with your time so it's like you're 
being a member of the school is like you're you're giving to the school with your time whether that's learning whether that's teaching or doing administration um that can help you sort of combat that oh i don't i'm not i'm not important enough to act in this way and be a sort of a guru at the head of the class kind of thing um and another thing another thing is uh the only sort of examples that we tend to have of a teacher is school teachers and you don't have to act like a school teacher with a bunch of other adults you know frequently Mm -hmm. the people i'm teaching are older than me and um it just doesn't feel right to to act in that way so it's important to remember that the other people that you're with are adults too and they can make their own decisions and you don't have to sort of you know patronize them or whatever and generally people are well behaved um it's just about i think it's just about getting people to focus and finding ways to get people to focus if they sort of tend to wander off off piece kind of thing yeah Um, i mean we haven't had any problems so far hopefully if any problems do arise um then be able to do with it deal with it at the time but students have been so great so far that it's it's not a, not difficult to be both friend and um instructor it's yeah. really easy it's just like class is class social is social exactly we can do both um Chadavik says do you recommend lefties fight long sword right hand over left or swap so this this is how I stood, how I I know there are many left hand I've, I've you know I've been I've spoken to left handed uh, fences and um, there are uh, there there are people out there who think that you should if you're left handed you should learn to use left handed and I know that um, <clears throat> Lichtenauer says that you should use your stronger hand at the at the, at the front but <laughs> when I try like when personally when I try to learn um, with with doing fury i found it incredibly infuriating to try and figure out how to do a play um when i was up against someone who was right-handed and doing it right-handed and it doesn't really work um mm. you can fudge it but you can't do the play as it's instructed which is why right. i made the decision and um why we encourage our students to begin with who are left-handed to go righty right-handed grip on the sword learn the techniques then work it into figuring out how to do it um, with the, with left-handed grip. And there are certain benefits that I find with uh, being um, having my um, holding it right-handed. There are certain techniques which there's a particular wrap um, wrap which um, grapple technique which um, involves grabbing the right hand and you know then that you're controlling the lead hand of your opponent. But because I'm a right a lefty, I just let go of the right hand and pommel strike him. And do have have it with my uh, with the, the bottom hand, which, you know, is is a technique of my own because I'm a left handed and it completely throws people and no one knows well, what that's not supposed to work. Uh, and I think there's... that's something um sorry, go on. No, yeah, there's there's certain things that you can have that are an advantage if you have because people then think you are right-handed if you if you're holding a sword right-handed people don't don't realize that you're a lefty and certain strikes and stuff you might have I find I have more power coming from the left even when I'm holding it right-handed just because it's more of the, the body mechanics so and people don't tend to strike from the left if you're holding it right-handed 
So it's just, it's the way I like to do it. It's the way I do it. That's the way I've done it. And, but that doesn't mean it's the same for every lefty out there. Something I, I, I like, I think I, I tend to find when I'm teaching class and there's a mixture of left and right handed students and the left handed person says, or the pair that's got a left handed person says, uh, this doesn't work. Uh, I, I just say like, well, what does work? You know, what can we do with this? There is no yeah. harm. There isn't, it's not anti-HEMA to take a play and adapt it and yeah. adapt it for your handedness. Uh, I, I, uh, you know, literally workshopping a situation, yeah. a scenario and seeing what else you can come up with. Like you say, you can, I've come up with this cool pommel strike that isn't in the, in the, in the <laughs> technique, yeah. but it still works. Um, it's probably in another, if you look in someone else's book, they've got it. But there's something that Giganti says, um, he, he says from this, uh, like, you know, two swords cross like this. He says, you can do this. You can pommel strike. You can thrust. You can cut. You yeah. can just threaten and say, drop the sword. But then he goes, that's just four things you can do from here. You're intelligent. I'm sure you can come up with lots more. So it's yeah. like, you don't have to just literally follow the book. It's like, here is an example. They're giving you examples of, of ways of doing things, but you can extrapolate from that it, you're not bound by the book to what you, you can do yeah There's no there is no uh shame in adapting it for your needs um question here from alex my alex what's it like teaching right hand as she's left-handed what's it like teaching right handers do you find it easy to switch over so um obviously if it's long sword not a problem because I, you know, I learned right-handed. I can do it all easy. Um, with um, when it's just a single, uh, when it's a single method. Uh, yeah, sort of buckle, for sorry. example. Um, sorry, I thought you'd lost me then. Um, I I can just swap over. Um, so it might take me a few minutes to be like, okay, right. So it's 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 this. You're coming from here. You're doing that. Okay, it's it's that. Um, I can do it. Uh, obviously, it's it's easier to do it for a teacher lefty person, and uh, but it's something that I can do. It just takes my brain a few moments to swap over. It's like translating. Um, yeah, you just need to set your brain to the correct setting. The side. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Kiki Mu eighty six says, "I don't have a question." But speaking from women to women, I have to say how much you inspire me as a person, a friend, and a teacher slash mentor. You may Aww. be younger than me, but I still look up to you. <laughs> that is lovely. Oh, what a lovely thing to say. Um... <laughs> Alex says, happy to be a team attack guinea pig, Fran. Yeah, we, we want to do more... Uh team fighting chad arvik says i've made miniature weapons as bookmarks and helpful tools to study with oh yeah i've, I've seen those actually people um at hema events bringing out these miniature little sort of pencil sized swords um literally for the for the express purpose of having a conversation about hema so that they can at a table uh we, discuss how to do yeah. stuff 
we actually uh, we actually had a few made so these tiny wooden swords they were that big um yeah. they're small swords they say academy of steel on them and uh oh, yeah, yeah we we gave them to uh to our students the first christmas that we uh we started um and they're great they're, they're great bookmarks they're at we were at a at an event um we had a promotional at a comic well it was the dragon days as a comic-con type event um and uh we just had people trying to fight each other with these tiny wooden swords they're more like toothpicks but yeah they're quite fun useful yeah they've uh, been quite cool when we were back, back in italy <laughs> even weirder. question for you from lloyd we've got about three minutes left question from lloyd b28 favorite sparring moment oh i think my favorite oh there's been quite a few i think my favorite one may have been actually at the sale in the um this february um, I was in um, I was in the pools with uh, Sam Gassman, and uh, we were fancy. I don't know what you were there. I don't know whether you saw saw it or not. But um, I almost got a pommel strike on him, um, and the judges thought I had, but I, I didn't want it because I didn't earn it. Um, but then we went back to our corners, back in the exchange, and then I landed a pommel strike. The, everyone watching clapped because I actually did it and it was felt great because not only had I actually done what I wanted to do I planned it and I did it but it was the first time I actually executed a proper pommel strike and yeah I didn't mind losing to him because he ended up winning goals <laughs> it's pretty you know, good at least then I know okay I still managed to get a pommel strike on him so you know. yeah. was that was that in longsword or was that in sword and buckler longsword Nice. Okay. I, I, I might uh, I might not have seen that one because I think I was um, busy in the rapier. I, I think I think yeah I was either busy with rapier or I was refing or something. We got yeah. just over a minute left. Uh, Alex says I think of my right hand as my strength arm and my left as my steering hand. Yeah. Bullfrog81 UK says, the friendly approach the Academy has has earned my utmost respect. I'm so glad to have them in my life, in class and out. Lovely. Thank you. <laughs> um, are pommel strikes dangerous? Yes. <laughs> That's why yeah. they're useful. <laughs> <laughs> That's why the sources teach them all the time. Yeah, yeah you can <laughs> yeah. And crumble we, someone's we face. Have thing. Whenever we're teaching pommel strikes, we always say politely. Uh, so it'll always be, and you know, do the pommel strike. You just show politely. It. <laughs> okay, always... we've, got ten, uh, we've got like 15 seconds left. Thank you so much for joining me, Melissa. I'm going to have to Thank say goodbye you. here. Um, my next guest on, on Thursday is Julia Illy Hooker from Sweden. So uh, she was there with us in February as well. She was. So looking forward to chatting to her. Yeah. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. Go to at Swordwomen on Instagram to see upcoming interviews or visit bythesword.net for information about our event or look for our Facebook page, By the Sword.